God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Now listen, I thought about opening this episode by singing for you guys, but you know, in the interest of hospitality, I'm just going to go ahead right into the episode because we have Naomi Rain here and I don't want her to be intimidated by my vocals. Sure, she's she's great. Sure. You know, the Grammy, sure performances. She's very, very talented. But sometimes when you are confronted with a talent that is so powerful as is my own singing, it can be intimidating. So I'm going to be silent. Um, I don't think she's heard my vocals and I don't really want to be that person to break it to her that, you know, somebody out here, somebody else is out here doing what needs to be done. Um, Listen, I'm going to trust Jesus that she'll be back and agree to featuring me on a Maverick City song. Touch and agree. Pray that that will be the next time she hears my singing. Until then, hear her heart, hear her story, hear our passion. Let's get connected. A psalmist a prophet, a queen. (laughs) Hi, friend. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am doing, I'm actually doing really good. Good. There's been a crazy day, but I'm doing really good overall. Somebody stole your bag? Somebody stole my Louis Duffel and I'm mad about it. Where, like, my, are you out still my assistant's car ah. in New York House? I live in the suburb. I live in a great neighborhood. I don't understand what happened. We we're literally, she was out the car for like five minutes. They stole the bag. A disaster. This is not, but overall, it's still all right. Were, were there not? Yes, not, I'm doing good. The bag itself is valuable, but were there other things in there as well that were that you need? You know, it's funny because. I know I can get, I can, I can buy another bag. I can replace the bag. That's nothing. It was really the fact that my toiletries, like I just have like a routine. And so, you know, when you're out, well, I don't, yeah, you're on tour. So, you know, when you're on tour, your routine and having the things that you need is just, it helps you kind of get through. So I was on my way to the airport and I was like running out of time. So I'm like missing my little drunk elephant set and my Balenciaga slides that helped me. They're just comfy. Yeah. And I, you know, just my steamer to, help, you know, so it's a part of my routine. I feel a little off today and I'm like, Oh no, why is this happening? So that's, I think that it's more that than, and then, okay. So I didn't really lose those things though. Cause the person dumped it like down the block. So, yeah, and they had stolen like her car keys to my assistant's car keys. So it's just, but then still the car. Yeah. You know? It's just one of those. Just one of them days. I want to. it's all right. I, this is why God didn't let me sing. Because I would break out <laughs> into song all of the time. God knew. God knew y'all wouldn't know me. It wouldn't be passed to nobody. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. I'd have been a city girl. I'd have been a somebody. It just would not have been my portion. I know me. And that's why God didn't give it to me. You got to know your strengths, sis. I love it. But, you know, it's really nice to break into that. I'm saying even if you ain't going to sing on key, I'm, I'm OK <laughs> with you jumping in with me whenever you want. OK, we can do this. OK, it's, it's not just... going to be on key, but I will go with you. I will drop what needs That's to it. be dropped. <laughs> yeah. OK, so I feel like. I mean, you are not new to this. You're true to this. OK, you begin singing at two years old. And though a lot of people may have like been recently introduced to you through Maverick City Music, I mean, you are psalmist Naomi Rain. How has like these last few years confirmed, shifted, transformed the way that you see yourself? Wow. The way that I see myself. I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Um, I thought you were going to say like the way you see your call or your purpose. No. Um, you know what? I think from when I was younger, I used to get um, like dreams 
at least singing in arenas and mm. like stadiums. And, and then I got like words. The Lord was like, I'm going to use you in some sort of civil rights movement in the gospel industry. And I didn't, and I didn't believe it. Cause I was like, what's civil rights? Like we're, you know, I was like, it's, it's 2003 Lord. Like, what do you mean? There's no racism. There's no nothing. Like, what do you mean? Um, and then when this stuff started happening, I was like, Oh snap, God, like you actually be telling the truth. Yeah. And, um, it actually helped me because I think I thought that I had to change in order to become, you know, me inherently who I am mm-hmm. had to change in order to become whatever God had wanted me to be. And I realized that, he had chosen me even when I was, you know, that 15 year old girl who was just interested in boys and yeah. wanted to be liked and accepted that that was the girl that he chose, not even the tidied up version of myself or the one that got the scars and the, um, you know, bruises or even learned the lessons and had all the wisdom that I had acquired up to the, up to that point. I think it just made me okay with me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when I look back on on this uh, on the words that I've gotten and the confirmation, I'm like, oh wow, Lord, I guess if you were okay, then I'm okay. Yeah. How often do you have to remind yourself of that? It's a daily, it's a daily <laughs> reminder, child. Like, I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, I think it, you know, every day, every other day. Yeah. Um, because it because of the pace. Yeah. Because of right, the pace. right, right. Because I'm moving very quickly, and I think I'm constantly in rooms and getting opportunities and things that are like, "Hey, we need you to show up in this way." And and I have to be like, "Oh, okay, Lord, what did you say? What did you say? Okay, cool, bet. All right, we good. You know, I've, that's how it's been." And go ahead. No, I was going to say I feel the same exact way. It's like, um. It's just like, really, Jesus, really, this is, <laughs> you know, you know, we were on tour and I don't know, is it, I don't know, is it easier? You had to tell me, help me understand, right? Um, because I don't, you know, I don't have no lyrics, Naomi. So when I get up there, I got to have something to say. And it, like we were on tour and there was not one night where I felt like I have something to say, like I have something to say, like I, but, and then there's this expectation of like, I'm coming to get my edges snatched. I'm coming to get my wig snatched. And I'm like, I have nothing, me, nothing. This is <laughs> me right here. I got nothing for you. And like God shows up and I'm thankful for his faithfulness and stuff. But I'm constantly having to just remind myself, like, this is not on you. Don't make it about Mm -hmm. you. Stay still and wait and see what every room needs. And it's exhausting to trust like that. It's (laughs) exhausting. It is. I don't think it's just you. So I will say, I think your job is harder than mine because you literally have to have something to say. And I don't know if you're, pretty much speaking around the same topic or similar message every night, which then it would, I feel like it would even the playing field a little bit um, because, you know, we're coming out and we're doing songs. Right. And so we know the songs, but I think that because we are known for, and honestly, I think one of, I've been graced for a spontaneous and prophetic yeah. worship. You have to be listening like to what the Lord is saying. You have to be attentive to what he wants to say, not just in general, but in this room, right, in right, this right. moment. And maybe it's not, Right now, maybe he wants it for the end of the service or maybe he doesn't want you to wait and you got to say it now. And maybe that's not even for them. Maybe it's for you. And you were just supposed to hear that and receive. So I definitely get exactly what you're saying. But I know that you know this, that once you open your mouth, he fills it. And then it's like, oh, snap. All right. Well, I guess that was for you. Um, and when you get the confirmation at the end of the night, to me, that's the, the greatest thing. It's like, oh, that word's for me. I just lost my yeah. this and the, and it was it's the exact thing that the Lord said I'm like God I don't know what I would do without you cuz it would be a mess. That's my problem. Oh, I think no. like having the courage to open your mouth when you have nothing to say and trusting that God is going to fill it. Like I have to overcome the mental hurdle of if you open your mouth, if you put your hands to the keyboard, if you allow the music to just settle in your spirit. I want to talk about like how do you 
clear the channel and trust whether you're a singer, a preacher, you're raising children, you're trying to be there for a friend. Like, how do you trust God's ability to flow through you when pain is flowing through you, when confusion is flowing through you. And it would be so easy to say nothing at all or to Uh speak from that place of pain or anger. Like, how do you tap into that? Well, I'm going to be honest for me, one of my prayers every single night before I go out, before I do anything that I feel like is important, but even in the mornings when I first wake up, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I want you to have your way. Like, I mean that. Yeah. Um, and before I go out, I go, Lord, what do you want to say tonight? And what do you want us to say to you? Yeah. You know, mm. so I'm like, what What do you want us to hear tonight? And what do you want to hear? So I'm, I'm, I'm keenly aware of the fact that as a worship leader, I'm leading people to worship God. And so I want to give him what he wants. You yeah. know, I want, I want him to hear what he wants to hear from his people tonight. And I also want a word from him. So I ask him. And I think that sometimes just in asking helps you be sensitive and become aware, even if you weren't aware, you know, um, and even if it was like, like one of these days where I'm like, (laughs) oh, my routine is off and I'm, I feel a little like off kilter, but once I get to that place, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm sensitive. But I will say this, that doesn't happen without a season of training, Mm -hmm. right. In your life where the Holy spirit trains you in his voice. I know generally now, because and I hate this. It almost sounds like braggy, but it's not. I've just been walking with the Lord for a long time. So he's trained me in his voice over the years. So I kind of know when it's him. Usually when I'm afraid to say it, it's him. Yeah, you know? yeah right, when right. When I think that I'm about to tell somebody, <laughs> that's not him. You know what I'm saying? That's usually not him. That's me. That's my own thing. And a lot of times I've even like opened my mouth sometimes to say something that would seem like, you know, it was my agenda or my perspective and the Lord would switch it. And as I was saying the thing, it's like, man, I'm now like speaking so gracefully to the person or the thing that I was so mad at. And I'm like, can you stop doing that? Like, I just want to fuss, you know, but he's like, uh, not that I have no control, but but I've learned to discern his voice. And it sounds braggy, but I think that just comes with relationship. Like you have to know the person that you're worshiping. You have to know the person that you're communicating for or representing. And if you don't know him, then um, you'll say anything, but you know, for a fact, when you know the Lord, you know, there's just some things he wouldn't do. His heart yeah. is so different than our hearts. It doesn't know. And, and it'll hit you first. You know, so a lot of the things that I release in a room, even if it's a strong word or a rebuke or something, it hits me first. And I feel the weight of it. I don't feel like oh, I'm the prophet of God. Right, I'm right. just no, I'm like, God said we got to get right, you yeah. know. Um, so it's still a humility in it. Okay, so a few months ago, I posted a side-by-side photo of myself on social media to show the progress I've made with working out and eating better. For me, eating better doesn't mean eating boring. Ain't nobody got time for that, sis. I promise you won't catch me craving a salad. However, thanks to Noom, I've learned to make healthier food choices while still enjoying the foods I love. Our journeys may not mirror one another. Each body is created differently, but I encourage you to try Noom and stay focused Focused on what's important to you with Noom Weights psychology-based approach, which is grounded in science. Personalize your experience from five-minute daily check-ins to personal coaching. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com/evolve. Join over 3.6 million people that have used Noom and build more sustainable habits between your mind and food choices. That's Noom N-O-O-M.com/evolve to sign up for your trial today. I think that's key, the humility in it, because I don't know, in order for God to like really use you and to flow through you, especially if you're dealing with everything that people deal with, like you're dealing with your own struggles, your own issues, your own fears, angers, insecurities. Like a lot of times people want to minister on top of that. But I believe in Mm -hmm. order for us to minister through that, God has to minister to that. And in God ministering to that, then he can minister through us. And I think that what we're experiencing in this, you know, upcoming generation of faith leaders and voices are people who are willing to say, this is what God is ministering to. Two, 
in me. And this is how I'm able to minister to you as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And that level of just vulnerability and transparency, it really moves things. Like, have you been... Well, I know you got a word, but like at what point did you realize that like this is that I am standing in that moment that God foreknew that God was telling me at in 2003 when I was just worried about what was happening in the school on in the hallways? (laughs) Like at what moment did you realize like while I'm standing in the manifestation of it? Um, It was the first night. I think we were in Irvine, California. we had, it was the first night of the Mav City Tour last year. Welcome okay. to Mav City Tour. And we were out there, mind you, I was numb. Like I was just numb for most of it until we got to Jaira. Mm-hmm. And I stood there, I was standing next to Chandler. Mind you, we had rehearsed, you know, you, you just do it over and over and over. But now you're in the moment. And as Chandler, as that do, 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 do. I just began to weep. <laughs> I was looking around and I saw for the first time I saw the crowd. I saw what I had dreamed. I felt it was almost like, you know, how when Jesus got baptized and it's like the light showed on him and the dove. like yeah. rested. I felt like that. And it was like, oh, no. And I just cried. And I, I think that's the one that's on YouTube, um, which I was mad about because I'm like, why would y'all put this out? And we're crying. <laughs> and they like, you know, it was just, it was so, it was so much. I was so aware of the fact that I had been chosen to do something and to be a part of something that was bigger than me. And I felt so tiny in that space, but I knew it was almost like a, like a, like, this is it, you know, promise fulfilled. It was like, God was checking off a box in my life. And I just felt so grateful and I was humbled and I was like, God, why me? Like for real, seriously, why? Like, you know me. Like make it make sense. We know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was, it was a beautiful moment. I will never forget that moment for as long as I live. And I just remember looking over at Chandler and he was crying. I said, well, we a mess. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter what the song sounded like. I wasn't trying. And I'm never really trying to impress anybody. But I felt I felt the love of God yeah. and like the promise fulfilled. OK, so I want to ask you. you something, though. You said up until Jaira that you felt numb. What does it mean to be showing up, still being used, but feeling numb. And before you answer, I think I know what you mean because I feel like I have to remind myself to pay attention to where I am. Yes, because this is all a lot. Like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, what... what is happening? Why are y'all here? God, what are you doing? And so it's not performance and it's not, it's just this level of, I can't even process what's happening in this moment, but I know I need to bring who I am to this moment, but I don't know how to take it all in. But what did you, go on, tell me about it. I mean, that's it. It's like, it's like autopilot. Yeah. So you're still flying the plane. Like the plane is flying. And it's in the mode. And this is why I think time and history with God really matters. Some people think that the the time that they spend in the hidden place or where they're just studying, studying and like eating voraciously, you know, like that that is wasted time. Nothing is wasted. And Mm. so when you get to certain levels like this and when I say levels, I mean in pace um, where you're moving and you're realizing like. Oh, snap. Like, oh, have you ever been driving and you just don't know how you got home? Right. But it's like you were driving the whole time, but it's like your mind, you were thinking. And so I just remember like being there, but not fully present, doing what I was supposed to hearing, going, you know, we had a good time, you know, and I was, I was there, but I wasn't there until everything kind of came into focus. Mm. And it was like, oh. And so I think that that it, those numb moments, it's not the same numb where I'm avoiding things. And I really just probably need to talk to my therapist and yeah. get my life together, or maybe like go to the movies with my kids and like reset. It's just the type of numb of like, I'm, I'm doing the things I know. I know how to move in this space because I think what a lot of people don't realize, and this might burst a few bubbles, but I'm okay with that. Like what we do, even in ministry, some of it is skill, right? Like, so some yeah. of this is like, 
I've trained, I've sung, I know how to utilize my voice. And, you know, there's, there's ways to present something. You, even when you write a sermon or I don't know if you, you, you write your sermons, right? Like you prepare or bullet points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bullet points. But, you know, so there's a level of like, Hey, let's make that make sense. Let's connect this to that. There's syntax. There's, um, you know, maybe you might tell a story in the beginning. There's little things that you use to, that that exhibit the skill right and then the lord comes and rests on that and i've like literally i try to live in such a way where i'm like god like if you don't rest if you don't do this right here like if you don't do it it's gonna be bad you know it's gonna be terrible you understand it's gonna be a song it's just gonna be i need you to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it was that. And I, and if I'm honest, when I listen, like we listen back and I don't really listen back. Well, we listened back to that concert because it was the first one. And I wanted to know what was happening because I wasn't there. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And God was moving. He was having his way. But it wasn't until that moment. And it was like, ooh, laser like focus. I'm here. This is happening. This is crazy. I'm so grateful. Oh, God. Like, I wasn't just there to serve the people. I was. I was actually encountering the Lord, you know, myself. I feel like you have to tell me if this is true, because as you were speaking, I was thinking about just my own moments where like I am either focused on them bullet points connecting or I am like, I believe that the bullet points are in my spirit. God, now I'm just trusting you to breathe on it. But then there are these moments where I feel like the past version of myself gets to experience what my present perspective is. And those moments are the ones where I am just wiped out because I think so often we are busy being present that we don't invite the past pain, the past vision, the past insecurity to really be a participant in the present glory, the present outcome. And so we have joy, but we don't have the fullness of what that joy could be because we're just experiencing it from, I I worked for this, I planned for it. This is what's supposed to happen if these things are working together. But when you go back to the point where like, it shouldn't have happened, like there was no way that it was happening. (laughs) There was no way. (laughs) And you invite your present to experience, your past to experience your present like it's it's life-changing what what is that for you because I know I know for me again like I I got the words but sometimes and I believed it and I'm, I'm gonna be honest I believed it. I wasn't one of those people that had like zero faith and was just like god you can't do that it wasn't that but I just didn't know how it was gonna happen yeah and so walking into it, and honestly, now I feel like the Lord is like, well, what are you dreaming now? Like dream higher. And I'm like, I'm like I'm- <laughs> we out here. We already out here. <laughs> like, what, what more can I ask for? I don't want to be greedy, you know, but like for you, what is that like seeing or like your past self, past pain, past seeing this moment and realizing like the things that were said, yeah. you know, aren't true. You know what I'm saying? Like they are not true. And it didn't, it didn't crush you. You know, it didn't win. Like we win it. Like, hold on. It's a win. Like, how is that for you? It takes real intentionality for me to tap into that because I feel like the moment that I experienced pain, trauma, disappointment, I just kind of like built a wall and was like, I can't afford to be disappointed. I can't afford to be in pain. I got to keep showing up. And so I think that I have to intentionally be like, go back to that time when you were walking out of the CPS office, go back to that time when you were waitressing at that strip club and allow that version of you to see this. And it makes me emotional. And when I say see this, I don't even mean like the tour and the rooms. Right. I mean, to see this husband, to see this little boy that you were so afraid you wouldn't be able to take care of, to raise up and call you blessed. Like, and it just leaves me like so in awe of God's wisdom, God's strategy, God's plan over my own. I'm with you like 
115%. My daughter, a lot of people don't know this, but I had my daughter, I got pregnant when I was 18. Mm. Um, and my husband and I got married when I was 19. And so my daughter is a physical manifestation of the grace of God yeah. on my life that he can take um, mistakes and poor choices and make something beautiful. And so this Mother's Day, she gave me a card and in the card it says, and so just her life, she's about to be 16, just her being a what like, you know, a young woman. And yeah. like now she's trying to like do makeup. She's into fashion. She has like the things and she started singing even on that tour. She sang with me. It was like, it wasn't the tour. It wasn't the yeah, success. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a part of you, you know, as a career person, as an entrepreneur, you're like, Oh my God, like it's just happening. Okay, cool. But there's that realization of like, Oh no, this thing that everybody said, you ain't going to be nothing. You yeah. got pregnant. This doesn't make sense. You know, they sat me down from ministry. They didn't. It's that. And I see her like, and she's okay. And she's on, you know, the junior, the national honor society. And she's on the president's yeah. honor roll list and the deans, all of that stuff. And I'm like, y'all, y'all not understanding. Like it wasn't <laughs> supposed to work out. You understand? Like, it really wasn't supposed to be okay. I understand that as a mom and as somebody who's made mistakes, you know, mm. and and been condemned that a lot of people said, all right, we counting you out. And now, you know, you know, there's texts like, I'm so happy to see what God is doing in your life. And when I get those texts, I'm not going to hold you. I want to say maybe two years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, now you want to, <laughs> all right, you know, because it's a little, you know, the people be remembering it. But now it's like, oh, no, God, you really did this. Like, this is this is you, yeah. you know, that you could turn something around and make beauty and bring beauty from ashes, you know. Okay, so I hate to interrupt all of this good conversation, but I wanted you to know that I want to talk to you too. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can send me your application, your video to be a co-host to podcast at womanevolve.com. Let me know what it is you want to talk about, why it's important to you that you be on the podcast. Maybe you're like, girl, I am not going to be on anybody's podcast. I don't do talking to people. First of all, this is a sign. Overcome yourself. But if not... You can send me an advice question, podcast at womanevolve.com. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. What do you think we can like, because maybe somebody is like in that season that we were in, like there's like, you know, we just, (laughs) we don't know what this going to (laughs) be. We don't know. You know, in many ways, you know, we are on the other side of, what are we, what are we going to call this? Um, Cause we're still being challenged. We're still being yes. confronted. We're still navigating insecurity. So it's not like I won't say anyway, I can't speak for you. I can't say that I'm like on this other side of like wholeness and having it figured out. I'm still on the struggle bus, but I do think I'm on the other side of feeling like, like, like I'm running from punishment or that you know what I mean yeah Yeah. like like there's this looming punishment for me because of the choices I made or didn't make and I really have come to a place where I am trusting that even if the moment doesn't feel good even if it doesn't look good even if it's the most painful thing that I've ever experienced that it truly is an opportunity for my faith to be Uh, multiplied for my knowledge of who God is to be deepened and furthered. But I feel like I'm out of this mentality of I'm going to be punished for being who I am. You just put words to all the things that I've been (laughs) trying to say. I'm a rambler, so I will to say that. (laughs) But you like so succinctly said that like free from that fear of punishment. I feel like I'm walking in the love of the Lord that I, I understand, you know, well, we church kids, right? You grow up a certain way and we, we should be the ones that are so aware of this free gift that we have in the gospel. And we don't have, we didn't have to do anything to earn it, but but for some reason, I don't know. Some how reason. Happens. Oh, let's talk. Okay. Hold on. Let's talk about it because <laughs> right. 
I think now this is about to be this. All right, this SJR Naomi Rain. I don't know. Here we all go. Right, let's get- I don't think that they talk about like. Okay, this is going to be so racist. Not racist, but here we are. I think the difference between white church and black church and my experience and exposure is that in black church, I don't feel like there's a lot of preaching about like the love of God, like just the the love of God to meet you where you are without change, without transformation. In spite of what you've gone through, God still loves you. There is a lot of, you know, Get your stuff together. Stay out of this. Stay out of that. You backslid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. And principles. Even yes. like principles. Live this way. Do this. Do that. Do that. Do that. Yes. And, you know, I was shocked when I started speaking because when I first started speaking, I was speaking at mostly white churches because I didn't have a growl. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord has given me a growl in recent years. <laughs> yeah, you got your growl. You got it. You got it he's giving me a growl, but I didn't have a growl. So, you know, they were like, if you don't have a growl, we don't know where to put you in black church. And so I was exposed to a lot of ministries where the rooms were predominantly white women that don't require a growl. And they were just talking about love and just like changing the world. And I was like, wow, you know, let's talk about how God can still love your past and have grace for who you are. But I just don't feel like I got that. So I hope that part of what woman evolve exists to do is to really meet a woman where she is to let her know she is loved as she is. And to be so tempting and our conversion through our relationship with God, that it makes her want to engage in relationship with God as well. But I think that I, I don't think that I felt the love of God growing up, honestly in church that's raggedy, but I said it. No, and I think it's one of the truest things. We we don't get that. And I think we fight to feel or sense, you know, our parents' love. And yeah. if I'm honest, my parents showed me that they loved me. Yeah. But it was about principles and formulas and doing and making sure that you did the right thing and being a good girl. That That's what I was taught to do. So now that you know Jesus and you're young, you have to be a good girl. But I didn't have there was there was no temptation yeah. that I was aware of when I accepted Christ. I was so young. It was as I got older and temptation became began to come. I realized that I was ashamed of being tempted. I was ashamed mm, of being yeah, even sad. Yeah. I was sh- ashamed. Something's of wrong struggle, with me. Even yeah. the. Right. Like you're not supposed to feel this. You're not supposed to think this. This is bad. I was I was afraid of sex. I was afraid of, you know, being sexual. And so even when I got married, now mind you, I did the things that got pregnant. That's all right. It worked. We had to try it out when we were scared. Had to face your fears sometimes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But you know, even when I got married and I was supposed to supposed to be free in this expression, I still wasn't because I was taught that it was bad or because I wasn't taught wasn't anything, taught, yeah. I viewed it as bad. And I was left up to my own, you know, devices and my own mindset and thought of, of it. I think because of that, um, I had, I had, I hadn't lived in the love of God and I did live in fear of punishment. And I didn't think, I didn't think that God was angry with me, but I did think he was super disappointed. For sure. For sure. And he had good reason to be, you know, you know what I mean? Cause like, I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you know, know, like if everything they say in about like doing the right thing is right, I've done the wrong thing. So I don't, you there's, I don't feel like at least for me. And once again, I'm speaking in blanket statements. Cause I already know, first of all, I love my white girls. They're going to be like, girl, it was raggedy over here too. So like I'm speaking in a blanket <laughs> statement a- about my experiences, but I don't feel like anyone was saying, I don't have this all together either. I'm on a journey and I'm trying to figure it out as well. So it made it seem like this thing was coming so easily to everyone else. And I'm the only one who feels like I I can remember. And this like freed me recently in my own therapy, spiritual journey, because I was so busy penalizing myself for getting pregnant as a teenager that I forgot before I got pregnant, I was so angry that I could not be the good church girl. Like I didn't get it. I couldn't shout. I wasn't speaking in tongues like there. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I was just kind of like, forget it. I'm going to just do me. But I just didn't feel like anyone was like, it's hard for us too. But we wake up each day 
and we try again. Like I'm still insecure. I'm still struggling in this area, but I'm still trying because I believe in sanctification. I believe that I can be perfected. And I believe that we serve a God that is continuing to work on us. I, maybe they said it and I didn't hear it, but I just don't feel like it was at the forefront of the presentation. So it made me feel isolated. It, it wasn't. And I, and it's sad because it takes vulnerability to lead like that. And what I'm finding is that the generation before us really has been in a knot, mm-hmm. you know, like they've really been tied up in a knot and have, and are still, if I'm honest, are still living in this limbo because what they've been taught and what they've preached isn't real. It's mm-hmm. not the actual true gospel. It wasn't until I got a hold of the gospel, which I had to experience. I had to meet with Jesus and him say, Naomi, I know you did this and I know you did that, but I want you to know I died for your sins knowing that you would do it. Yeah. So even when you accepted me as Lord, it said, I remember, oh my God, I remember so vividly what the Lord said to me. He's like, my blood covered you. Even when you said, yes, Jesus, I want to accept your mind. And I knew you mm. would do this and I knew you would do that. The blood didn't stop covering you with the day you said yes. It continues to cover and will always cover. When I started to really understand this grace, this gift, the fact that people had to sacrifice one animal for a year of sin. Yeah. Right? That animal. But I would feel like with the blood of Jesus that I only had one day. Like the next day I was like, No, but his mercies are new every day. When I started to really understand what God had done for me, the real gospel, what actually happened, Christ's love, the love of God. I think we, because there are people that are like, y'all focus so much on love and it doesn't talk that much about love. Yeah, sin. But for God so loved the world that he gave his son, it was because he loves us that we have this gift of Christ. And, And I just don't think I was... I wasn't presented with that gift and I'm going to get over them and stop being mad at them. But when I got it, um, and if I'm honest, I think I got it probably nine years ago, Yeah. but I'm still, it's still working on me and I'm still coming into a true discovery of what that means as I meet more people, as I'm exposed to more, um, that sanctification doesn't happen on my, you know, right. on my clock, you know, and, and according to my stopwatch, it doesn't work like that. And it takes way longer than I would ever want it to, but it's worth it. And it's good. And that sometimes recovery looks like relapse, mm. you know, and that, so you like you re- relapse is a part of recovery. We don't talk about that, but that's a major thing that sometimes you'll mess up, you'll stumble again and you have to come to yourself and say, oh man, that grieves your heart. And now for some reason it grieves me 10 years ago or three years ago or five minutes ago, that didn't grieve me, you know, but now I actually feel bad. There's like the relationship of coming into like understanding of who God is, what he's done and why like my sin separates me from him and how he's made and gone the distance to try to kill that and be close to me. But I kept running away because I didn't think he really wanted me. But now I'm like, oh, snap, you do. You are a good, good yeah. father. Like, that's really who you are. It's who you are. So now I'm singing these songs like with a different, like it's a different praise. And I think, and I'm not going to ramble too much, but I think there's a difference between what you believe and what you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of yeah, us yeah, know yeah. This stuff that I just said, we know, oh, for God to love the world that he gave us only. So we, we can spit memory verses because we were taught them, right? And we know them. But what we believe, right, is something different. We believe what we saw. We believe that yeah. when somebody messed up in church, they got kicked out. Yeah. We believed what we experienced, that when we did something wrong, we were punished. We weren't necessary. And not every parent, and my parents are actually really great. But it was it was my dad sitting down with me and taking me to the mall when I got pregnant and I didn't have any clothes that fit me and and not being angry with me. I felt him being like, oh, I have to take care of you. It was an experience like that that taught me, oh, this is love. It's not just the mush mush. This is love. This is standing with somebody. This is grace. This is mercy. This is like. I'm I'm learning it in real time. And this is why I think we need people 
we need what the Lord is trying to teach us. And um, I'm grateful to be living outside of the fear of punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Just took us on a tangent. No, it's good though. Cause I mean, my parents were really great when I got pregnant too. Um, a lot of people at our church were really great as well. Of course, there were a lot of people who also were challenging to deal with and hurtful That's and nice painful, word. right? Did you like that? Mm-hmm. I sprinkled that in there. Yes, I did. <laughs> but I don't think that there was any intentional conversation with me about what my pregnancy meant in relationship to my relationship with God. And so I had to kind of figure that out on my own. Like, what does this mean that I said the salvation prayer and then ended up, you know, living outside? of what you would call the will of God. Like, is there still a plan for me? Is there still a way? And I feel like, you know, I want my ministry to represent that. And I know you're like, it sounds like you kind of get the same feedback I get. You know, we need to start sending some more people to hell instead of talking to them about how much they're loved. But um, I need, I can only give what I needed, to be honest. You know what I mean? I had enough fear of hell and condemnation, um, but I got to give what would have saved me because that's where I feel like I am most anointed. And you can only give what you have. Yeah. You can only give what you have. And I'm going to tell you the truth. What I have and what I know is real is the love of God. Yeah. It's his grace. It's his mercy. I can't give what I don't have. And I don't have that other stuff anymore. I've literally, yeah. you know, so I'm trading my sorrows. I'm yes. trading, I've traded that stuff out. Oh God, I want to cry. Oh God. I don't have that anymore. Those are old experiences, that pain. I'm not working with that. I've experienced the actual love and grace of a good God, a wonderful savior. And if that's what I have, that's what I'm going to give. That's the only thing that changed me. The fear, the, the anger, the people's disappointment, all that stuff didn't change me. That made me afraid. It made yeah. fear doesn't last only is temporal, you know, fear is temporary. Love is eternal. And that is the thing that actually set me free and not free to run them up, free to right, actually begin right. to feel or, or think or inquire and want to draw near and ask questions to the Lord that I never would have asked or draw near to those that seem far and distant. It changed me. I was no longer, and I mean, I'm still working through some of this, but like, I'm not judgy and like, oh, I can't talk to them. And then yeah. it changed me. That works. And I'm only doing what works in this season. I'm not doing what doesn't work. And I'm not passing on bad news. Like, I don't need to. We got good news. And I'm a passing the good news. And I'm just hoping and trusting and believing that people will hear it, that they'll take it, they'll, they'll grab to it, and that they'll get to know who, who Jesus really is, that love that he has. And hopefully, it will change them and affect them. You know, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure everybody that Jesus healed didn't end up following him for real. Some of them probably were like, thank you for healing and kept on on, on, on their way. That's not my business. It's just my business to tell people, yo, this works. This is true. This is real. This changed me. Um, This is saving me and it's renewing my mind, child. Okay, so this, okay, so, (laughs) and we can, I don't even know where this is going to go. We, it may, no one may (laughs) ever hear this but us. But I have been challenged lately because there, you know, all types of things politically happen where people feel like you need to make a statement about this. You need to be celebrating this. You need to let people know whose side you are on. And I have to be honest that I cannot choose a side when I believe that God's heart is broken over the reality of both sides. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say, I don't know. I watched a documentary on abortion. Here we are. We're in it. Here we are. Okay. We're in it. Let's do it. (laughs) I watched a documentary on abortion. It showed both sides of it. Right. And there's this girl who had a scholarship to college. She's in a state where she found out too late. She wasn't able to have an abortion. She's sitting there with a baby on her lap. She can't give the baby up for adoption because the father wouldn't sign over the rights, even though he's not active in the child's life. And she's like, I really wish that I would have found out earlier so I could have an abortion. I think that God like, okay, yes, we had a victory. She didn't get an abortion. 
but her heart is broken over the life that's sitting in her lap. So like, I don't think that that means, okay, well maybe she should have had abortion. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is I think that when you zoom out of the picture that at the end of the day, God's heart is broken, that we've got a mother who wishes she, who has a child. She wishes she would have aborted a mother who's going in to get an abortion because she can't afford to feed the child or her medical. Like, I don't think it is as easy as like, whose side are you on? Because the whole situation is just raggedy. And so like to then tell me because of who I am, I'm supposed to speak out and say something about which side that I'm on. Like, I'm not on nobody's side. I think that God is going to meet the woman who had an abortion the same way he's going to meet the woman who kept her baby. I think that God's going to have to be there for the family that's grieving and for the miracle baby that should have, that doctor said should have been aborted, but made it anyway. Like, I don't think that there is a side in which God is not willing to cross. So I don't have a side. And that's what I want to say, but I can't put it in a caption. (laughs) So I'm telling you, Naomi Rain. (laughs) I'm glad you're telling me because I literally, I want to talk to you about this. I feel like we come from similar places and we understand we could have, we could have done the thing. Yeah. Right. And so we made a different choice. Um, But God is not on sides. When I read my Bible mm -hmm, and I read how Jesus entertained people when that yeah. woman was caught in adultery yeah. he did not stone her yeah now he did tell her go and sin no, no more. more there's how can Jesus be on both sides of this thing how and i think that's what we need yes. to learn that's what we need to be studying i don't like this div- because i think the the intent and the motive behind you need to make a statement you need to say something first of all why, as Christians, do we have to even make a statement about Roe v. Wade being overturned from the people who, are, who wanted it to be? Why do we have to publicly celebrate? I think that that kind of mocks people whose hearts yes. are broken right now because they thought that that was their only um, option or it was the way to, you know, cover or do whatever they, need to, they needed to do. Yeah. I'm not going to judge nobody, but I don't want to be a part of the sides and their their intention in asking us to make a statement is so that they will see if we agree with them exactly or if they should cancel us and i'm not doing that because i'm not saying it has nothing to do with the gospel but if we are preaching the gospel i'm talking about the real yeah. if we're not preaching another gospel leave us be let us preach the gospel stop worrying about our opinions yeah. that you're only going to use to divide is so pharisaic and i only saw jesus coming for the pharisees i didn't see I'm, no, listen listen now, he, <laughs> I, he was calling them names yeah. you brood of vipers you whitewashed tombs yeah. he was calling them hypocrites like he came at them and i feel like we end up running scared right instead of actually addressing a lot of these people which I'll be trying to mind my business yeah. and, and drink my water. That's what I've been trying to do it. Drink my water <laughs> and mind my business. I don't know what this is, but I'm literally in the place. I don't even know what I'm saying because I'm rambling. Now. I'm, I'm really upset about it, but I'm not making a statement. And I almost did, but I felt like I was being bullied yeah. into a political debate when God's heart is broken, like you said, about both sides. God doesn't just care about aborted children he cares about babies that might be abused in the home because parents don't want them he cares about um women's reproductive health actually he cares and i know there's a small percentage smaller percentage of people that are raped and like there's incest that leads to abortion but god cares about all of it He, he cares about women there are women that are being abused by their husbands yeah and being forced yeah. to have babies. There is a lot going on that nobody wants to talk about. And yes, it, it, there are people that are taking advantage and maybe using it as birth control. I don't think that, I don't think this is a reason to make a statement, especially since the turning, the, 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 the judgment was overturned so that the states can decide. So it does not, cancel out abortions period it depends on what state you live in this is a political issue and i'm not a republican i'm not a democrat i am a believer i'm a truth teller 
and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I can share what I need to share when I feel led to share it. I will not be forced and bullied into it. Um, and that's that on that. And I don't like it. I don't yeah. like that. Some of these prophets and prophetic people are trying to push us or, or just, you know, zealous people yeah. are trying to push us into one thing or the other. Peter was a racist. Paul called him out, but he was still allowed to continue in ministry. And my concern is now I'm really going off, but <laughs> my concern is that the point of it, of this is to cancel people's ministry. Yeah. And that to exactly, me, that exactly. To me is demonic. Yeah. That to me is the, is the enemy. Like you trying to silence anyway. Um, and I do think at the end of the day, yeah. like one, you really don't want to hear what I have to say. You really don't. You just want to use it to figure out what side I'm on. And at the end of the day, this is what I or honestly believe. Right, Sorry. right. I honestly That's think we're all a little bit wrong. You know what I mean? I think some yeah. of us are a lot of wrong. <laughs> some of us are a little <laughs> wrong, but I think we're all a little bit wrong. And I think we need to all be a little bit wrong because at the end of the day, God is a mystery and he meets each of us individually and who God's been in my life and what rules apply to that and what convictions are connected to that may be different than what's happening for the other person. And we just cannot release control enough to allow God to be on a journey with whoever he's going to meet. So I just, I just, yeah. and you know, I'm sorry. This is like a, another side note. I don't know how much time you have. I don't want to ruin your life, but they were asking me like, oh, you should call Sarah and you should talk about this. And I was like, mm. and I almost entertained it. And then mm. I got a call from one of my spiritual advisors and he was like, you on my spirit. Cause I was praying. I was like, Lord, what do I do? And he was like, wisdom says, don't say anything. This is going to live on. He said, who you're called to. He said, the carnal mind cannot understand spiritual things. And so right now, and to the pure, all things are pure. Yeah. And so for those that are pure in the body of Christ, they will understand when you're moving in wisdom, whether you said something or not, because I have thoughts. And honestly, I think if I said what I thought, they would be so happy, you know, yeah, like they right. would be happy. But we have an assignment. My assignment in, in the earth is not just to encourage people with my songs, which is a part of why we have, we sing, right? We do yeah. sing to encourage the saints and to lift each other up. But a part of my assignment is missional in nature and it's to go out and yeah. evangelize. Yeah. And I'm not going to come down from the wall that I'm on to be on your wall. You, if that's your wall, stay on your wall. I'm on my wall. I have another fight that I'm fighting. And I think if we're all fighting for the right reason, the Lord will use it. He'll yes. work all things together for yes. the good. But don't try to get me on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll be mad. Me too. Me too. And we've I'm gone a on a journey here. <laughs> we've gone. Sorry. This is my life. It, no, it's my, no it's, it's my fault. No, it's my fault because I brought it up. I said, let's drop the let's drop the truth bomb and see where it takes us. And I don't mind, you know, I'm, it's funny because I feel safe. I feel like this happened naturally. I don't even mind if some of this was out because I feel like this is, this is the truth. I think there has to be somebody that says we don't have to say everything. Jackie posted, you know, Jackie, yeah, Earl, yeah. Perry, we don't have to say something about everything. Y'all talk too much. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> everybody talking too much. Yes. Everybody's got to have something to say. And it's just not And like, it's just, I don't want to add to the noise and me offering my opinion with my platform and who I am is going to add noise. You're going to take it out of context. You're going to misconstrue my heart. Nobody's going to listen for the full thing. So I really would rather stay focused on what I know works, stay focused on what I know is going to lead people to God, stay focused on what I know, create division and live in the place of love. Really? Cause honestly if you don't want to hear that I don't have a side that I think that God's meeting everybody in their messed up situations whether they're on the abortion table or in the delivery room and I think that God's heart has the potential to break over a number of scenarios not just one and y'all don't and nobody really wants to hear that you just want to hear am I pro-choice or pro-life and I am pro-minding my business business <laughs> You know what's crazy? I think overall, I think the ultimate question is, if this thing is sin and we do it, are we going to hell? I think all of this, mm. every topic we could bring up, you know, that is yeah. controversial. If it's sin, does, does God hate us? And are we going to hell? But I think it all, the answer to all of that is 
for God so loved the world that he gave his son so that whoever believed in him would not perish and have everlasting life. Jesus is the, the answer, the actual answer to whatever you are in this equation. And I don't think that we get enough time to preach Jesus and him crucified for the remission of sins, for the stuff, whatever you feel. Oh, is it? There's nothing that can out, out, uh, <laughs> I guess. Out, you can't out sin the yeah, blood the of Jesus love, and it, yeah. it brings me back to that every single time you cannot out sin the love of God I'm sorry it's not a cheap grace but it's it's very costly it is it, it costs so much but to me that's what I want my message to be not well, let me find ways that people are sinning and doing wrong if y'all don't let them do it they're gonna be sticking hangers and falling down the steps exactly like exactly before. exactly exactly like y'all not- think y'all really did something and all that means is somebody's you, you know they're gonna drive to another state they're gonna hurt themselves and like I think it's all I think he was just as upset if it was happening before as he is gonna be upset with this hang like I just don't think we really won like that I just don't think we won like that win. I don't you didn't win and if you're in sin, whatever it is, yeah. for God so loved the world, <laughs> like there's an answer for everything that we do wrong. And it doesn't mean that we go, we keep on sinning, right? right? But I do really believe where sin abounds, that grace much more abounds. And I don't believe that in this nation, we're seeing the abounding grace being represented by God's church and by those that, by m- many of the leaders and the preachers and the singers and the, all of, you know, who make up the people that are supposed to be representation, you know, in the, in the actual earth. And that grieves me. Yeah. Jesus's prayer was God, let them be one. Like you and I are one, but we're not, that's not our prayer. We're trying to choose sides and see who, how divided can we be? And let me call you out. And I'm telling you that has nothing to do with the heart of the father. And I am sad about it. So, yep, I'm done. I won't bring it up again. Well, I'll just call you and fuss with you next time. Now that I know I have a sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I really almost called. Mm -mm. And I was in L.A. I was like, I'm on her time zone. We really could do this. We could really go forth. (laughs) (laughs) Let me say, you know, let me say this. I think you asked a question that I derailed. Uh, um, You were asking about like if people are in a similar boat where they are like super bogged down by their past mistakes, yeah. their old history, and um, not really aware of the love of God and that he's not punishing yeah. us for our sins anymore because he did that on the cross. I think I would say to that person to ask the Holy Spirit, ask God in whatever way you can, right? Whether that looks like a, a knee prayer, like getting down on your knees or just sitting on a chair and just talking out loud or even in your mind, ask the Lord to show you his heart for you. I think that so many times we go through life and we think we have to do it on our own. Um, and we're just, we're just too afraid to just say, I need help. Yeah. Help show me. Yeah. I want to know I'm, we seek and we shall find, we knock and the door will be open, ask and it shall be given. And so I like to take the, the humble route and just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to get over this thing. And I'm dealing with trauma and triggers and my past and, you know, uh, word curses and people mad at me and, and judging me. I'm dealing with all of that and missed opportunity. Can you just tell me, can you help me? And I believe this is what I believe with my whole heart that the Lord will speak. Cause I think it's his desire to help us more than it's our desire to even be helped. And, um, I think that the Lord will speak. I think he'll bring people into your life that will speak into that because there's safety in a multitude of counsel, right? I think that he'll, you know, you'll be scrolling through Instagram and you'll see better help come up, pop up and you know, okay, maybe I need therapy. (laughs) I think you'll be scrolling, you know, on Netflix and a documentary will come up and there'll be a message that you need. God is actually answering prayers. He's good. Um, and, and I think he loves us so much that he will not leave us um, flailing. I think it's when we try to really take it into our own hands that we end up struggling and he'll allow us to kind of go off until we turn back. Bible says, you know, I sought the Lord mm. and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And so I really believe that that's the God that we serve. And I would just say, 
talk, start a conversation, ask him, seek him. I believe that he will be found. He'll reveal himself. That's so good, Naomi, because I definitely drew a conclusion after my teen pregnancy and I was still just a rough draft. I wasn't even the final copy of what God, and I'm still not, I'm still a rough draft, but I drew a conclusion and I think my willingness to undo that and to say maybe I was wrong and if there's any chance for someone like me, you know, can you show it to me that God did show it to me. I love you deep, sis. Real deep. I love you. I love you. One thing about her, beautiful inside and out Naomi Rain sis thank you for your kindness wisdom your time it was definitely my pleasure I had an incredible time speaking to you and I hope that we have said something to help those who were connected to this podcast don't be surprised if I bust out singing with you because you told me I could just bust out singing even if it was off key so that is permission for me Um, if you want to join me in being a host on the Woman Evolve podcast Send me a one to two minute video about yourself and why you'd make a great co-host. You can email me at podcast at womanevolve.com. Not ready to be a star, not ready to be a co-host, but ready for me to mind your business. That's cool too. Send it your advice question to podcast at womanevolve.com as well. Okay. I love you deep. See you next week.